Welcome to Buzzwords, the podcast for Shenandoah University faculty and staff. In this podcast, we explore the buzzwords that are shaping the way we work, learn, transform, and perform at our institution. Each episode, we bring in experts from across the university to share their perspectives and provide practical advice for navigating the ever-changing landscape of higher education. Whether it's new teaching methods, leadership strategies, or innovative technologies, we'll be discussing the topics that matter most to you. So join us as we dive deep into the buzzwords that define our work at Shenandoah University. We'd like to thank our sponsor, SU's TTL team, Led by Karin, ChatGPT wrote this intro, Lucas. Listeners, Joey, if you are thrown for a loop by that different intro, it's because ChatGPT did write it. Are you familiar with ChatGPT? Okay, I was, I, I was going to ask. I didn't want to show my ignorance too early in the episode. Yeah, I mean, it happens okay. every, every time. Okay. But I have no clue what ChatGPT is. Oh, it's, it's a whole thing in, in the, uh, the Facebook groups that I follow about teaching. Do you know what it is, Sean? Okay, Blaine, are you familiar with ChatGPT? It's not the AI thing. Yes, yes. Blaine, Blaine Weaver, like... our guest today, will will introduce Blaine, prop, Blaine properly in a little bit. Yeah, uh, ChatGPT, this AI application, it's a website where you can give it a task and it will just generate <laughs> text, generate content. So, I, you, I, so you didn't write that? I did not. I was going to say, I, you I, actually sounded pretty good. I, I know, like, I know. Good. So I, I, good yeah. Yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm afraid now. Yeah. Skynet is upon us. Yeah, it could be. I, I told the program, I said, write an introduction for a podcast called Buzzwords about working, learning, transforming, and performing at Shenandoah University. The intended audience is Shenandoah faculty and staff. So that was all the prompt was. I just told the computer. You'd like type that in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I typed it in the little chat box, and then it <laughs> spit out that whole intro Get it, out. in like 20 seconds. Ugh. So um, we have to think about that as faculty. And as a writer yourself, Blaine, I, I, from what I've heard, you can tell this program like, write a script for a 23-minute sitcom featuring such and such and such and such, and it'll just, like, generate a script. And you can tell it make Well, it I guess f- as long as the studios don't learn about it. I, I know. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. They, uh, hopefully they can appreciate what people like you do more than a computer. Wow. So, back to our, uh, our regular intros here. We've got uh, myself, Scott King. As one of our co-hosts today, I teach in the psychology department with me. Uh, Joey Gorizyak, um, co-host as well, uh, director and professor of esports um, out of the School of Business. Uh, and of course, we are joined by Sean Kelly, who graduated last year and has been working with us for a while now. First year as the coordinator of esports production um, in the esports program uh, here with us and a master producer extraordinaire. And missing mm-hmm. today, Scott, who are we missing? Our favorite, our favorite Melissa. Yeah, Melissa Smeltzercraft. Melissa... Uh, Director of Basketball Operations for Shenandoah University <laughs> is not with us today. She's feeling under the weather. She's got to get healthy because they have a game tonight at right. Randolph-Macon. So she sends her regrets. We do have virtual Melissa, and I'm not even sure if this will pick up on the microphone. But oh, Sean, God. So we go from AI writing an intro to, yeah. to Scott trying to play a sound clip from his cell phone like he's been see. doing for the last <laughs> few years. Listeners, if you don't hear something, it's because we had a, an audio difficulty here. I blame Scott. I just feel so lucky that I get to be in the same room as they are. Yeah, that's Melissa. Blaine, yeah. could you hear her there? 
I, I heard her, yes. Yeah. Perfect. Said, I assume she was talking about you two, right? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, she tells us how, how grateful she is for us and, um, you know, what a good job Who we're doing. Who wouldn't be? Except, yeah. except sometimes. Frankly, I blame Sean and Joey. Yeah, sometimes she blames... <laughs> Sometimes she blames Sean and Joey, but you know she is lucky to be in the same room as we are. Yeah, and I know that you can. The, the listeners can't see us right now, but Scott, you were renaming our podcast to what earlier? I forget what was two it? bald beardy oh, guys. Oh, two, <laughs> two, two, two bald beards, and and Sean's over there. He has hair. Sean's got some but, flow. Uh, Blaine's got some flow. Yeah, <laughs> we're in trouble. You guys are pulling off the look very well. Yeah. <laughs> you got to own it when that's all you got to work with. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Have we, let's see, what's our email? Yeah, yeah, let's give an update on some things. So our email, as always, is buzzwords at su.edu. So send us a message, let us know how we're doing, what we can do better, or just to say hi. I mean, we'll take that too. Um, we've got new music in here, The Best Time by Fast Sounds. Uh, that's mm -hmm. what you're, for your auditory pleasure. Um, some numbers to update you. Uh, we're at 1,800 downloads from subuzzwords.podbean.com. That's an improvement of 80 from last month. Uh, so many... <laughs> so, so, okay. so we've had so, so many downloads now on we don't get a, a precise number podbean.com that they don't even give us a precise number like 1821 no they, they just say one we're just at a k yeah 1.8 k 1.8 it's like you know streamers and youtubers when you get so many followers they just yeah. tell you how it is in in thousands i love it that's, that's what we've gotten to these days uh we're also at 13 five star ratings on apple Podcasts. yay for five stars uh, so follow, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Give us some likes. Give us some ratings. Make them five stars. Uh, and keep downloading it. We love that. Um, so, yeah, there's the updated numbers. We will do that every single month as we do on this. So let's keep growing, keep getting better. We always enjoy doing this. So thank you all for listening. Um, let's get to our guest, though, Scott. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, Blaine, we've heard your voice yep. so far on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, it's that voice in the background. Blaine Weaver, uh, instructor in theater and a director in residence. Um, as you maybe can tell, uh, he is not here in person. Um, he is uh, online virtually because he is on site. He is down in Atlanta right now over from sunny California um, to probably right now rainy Atlanta as it's snowing outside. Um, yeah, so that's that's where, that's where that's the voice you've been hearing is Blaine. And uh, here's a little intro for him. And I'm going to try to get through this because he's done a whole lot of stuff. And there is a lot of really cool things in here. Um, a lot of films, a lot of TV shows. So let's get through this um, and talk about all the great things he's done. Um, so Blaine has most, most recently directed the feature film Cupid for Christmas uh, at SU during COVID, which premiered on Hulu in 2021. P previously, he directed the horror film Getaway and the Christmas romantic comedy that a lot of you have probably seen and, and heard is Santa Girl, um, which was also filmed here at SU. He wrote, directed, and starred in the award-winning thriller Cut to the Chase and the acclaimed romantic comedy Six-Month Rule. Previous films he's written and directed include Weather Girl and Outside Sales. He also co-wrote and acted in Man uh, Manic, uh, which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. He's appeared in numerous other films and TV shows, including ER, NCIS, and The Middleman. And he provided the voice of Peter Pan. Super cool. Uh, it, it provided the voice of Peter Pan in the Disney animated feature Return to Neverland and still does the voice for Disney today. And I, I love that little tidbit. That's really awesome. Um, a native of Louisiana, Weaver studied in New York City, Oxford University, and graduated from UCLA with a degree in English literature. He currently lives in Los Angeles, where he works as a director, producer, screenwriter, actor, and distributor. Is that, is that not enough things? Uh, through his company, Secret <laughs> Identity Pictures. So, Blaine, thank you so much for being here and joining us today. And super impressive resume. And uh, really excited to have some conversations with you today. 
Well, thanks. I'm really happy to be here. It's always so cringeworthy hearing the, the bio <laughs> out loud, isn't it? I, I don't know if other people feel that. I'm just like, oh, God, it just keeps going. You uh, know, so I, well done, though. <laughs> I have to say, I think this is the first bio that we could have gotten from IMDb. Yeah, right? Like, none, none hey, of, I've got an IMDb page. Do you? I do. Oh, we'll have to yeah, add to my it. Bi- okay, <laughs> the thing is, so Blaine, you say it's cringeworthy listening to it. The thing is, yes, it might be cringeworthy, but for like me, it lasts all of eight seconds. For you, it's like four and a half minutes of reading all this stuff. It's great stuff that you've done. Um, and so it's really cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm on IMDb as a uh, actor, and I think it says producer on there too, actually. From what? Um, what was the Mount, Hido- Mount Hideaway Mysteries? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> oh, in a, sure. yeah, I was in a Mount Hideaway a, Mysteries film. A lot of film. my uh, Santa Girl alumni went on to uh, act in that film as well. That's right. A lot of things. That's right. Yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 about like Mount Weather. It's about a security facility and cybersecurity. And so they filmed it actually in the esports arena. Oh, cool. As a site for that. And I was like, hey, can I act in it? And <laughs> I attempted to act in it. I'm not. I'm no Blaine Weaver. I'll tell you that. Um, so I <laughs> attempted to act in this thing, and it took I don't know how many takes, and I had to like strategically put the script and the lines I was trying to say on different <laughs> oh, screens. Around. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I wow. you have your, your I'm s- in the trailer. You have your SAG card now? I, no, <laughs> I don't have my SAG more, card. More than no. just an extra? No, I, I, I don't have that, but I, I work on it. Yeah, but I, I do have an IMDb page, so it's it's really cool. But again, it pales in comparison, obviously, to what Blaine's been doing. Um, so really exciting stuff. And, and Blaine, so give us a, you know, what's it like to do all these things to kind of live in this this life that's around i guess hollywood and and being in the limelight at all times and not only doing that but you're still you're teaching you're doing things with students like there's a lot going on for you and uh what's that like what's your what's your lifestyle like yeah well it's i mean it's crazy you know but it's a lot of fun and i i've always really wanted to live that kind of renaissance lifestyle kind of thing where i can do all kinds of art that makes me happy, you know? And so I'm kind of doing that right now where I get to write and, uh, you know, direct and act on occasion. And then I also get to, you know, teach at Shenandoah. And uh, I'm usually in the film department. That's my little world, right? But I I did get to teach an acting class uh, year before last, I think, uh, with with good old uh, Martha, who is out there, Martha Walner, who's a Mm -hmm. great acting teacher. And so... We would just kind of combined, but I just love talking about like last semester I taught screenwriting this semester I'm teaching film directing and I just enjoy it so much that it's not work to me. It's like, you know, getting to uh, teach young people the thing that I wish I knew before I showed up on set the first sure. time and wandered around like a lost puppy trying to figure out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how this crazy business works. But it's it's very satisfying. That's really cool. So between writing, acting, and directing, which would you say has the closest connection to teaching? Directing. Directing, absolutely, is because uh, if you're doing it right, basically, I uh, I started off as a teen actor, right? And I didn't like some of the parts that I was auditioning for. And I had just done a movie with Matt Damon and Matt Damon was writing Goodwill Hunting at the time. And I, like, I thought that was awesome. So I'm like, I'm going to be like Matt Damon. So I'm going to write a movie that I'm going to star in. And uh, <laughs> I wrote a movie and somehow it got made, but they bumped me out of that for, uh, for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to play the lead character instead of me, which, you know, I always yeah. make the same lame joke. So some of my students are probably listening to this. And, uh, but if you're going to get bumped out of, of a part, it should be by Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he's very <laughs> difficult to dislike. Um, so was that Manic? But That was Manic, yes. Cool. That was my first screenwriting uh, 
it wasn't even a job. It was my first screenplay that went somewhere mm -hmm. and it premiered at Sundance, but the shooting of it, the filming of it was kind of a nightmare because I didn't get along with the director at all. And I had never wanted to direct. I just wanted somebody to call me and say, here's your movie star role, you know, or, you know, <laughs> write us this Batman movie. Yeah, That's what I right. thought my career was going to be. Um, but when I, worked with this director who I uh, was the opposite of paternal uh, was the opposite of somebody who was like taking care of everybody and um, guiding us through the art. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, well, if this guy can do it, I can do it. Um, and so like, that's been one of the inspirations for me, but bringing back to your question, I feel like it's a very paternal position, right? You um, build a team, you encourage your team, you surround yourself with the most talented people you can possibly find, whether they be actors or cinematographers or sound designers, whatever. You, you want the best to elevate you know, your project, but then you're there every day to make sure that they feel taken care of and uh, that they can have the space to do their art. And... Uh, I really like it because you really do build a family with each movie. And I, I always joke with my my cast of former things is that they go on and do other stuff. But to me, it's always like, oh, remember when we did Getaway? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that was like 15 years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But, oh, man, what a great time we had. You've never worked with a better director, have you? <laughs> yeah. No, that, 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 that's how I am with teaching, too, right? I'll see alumni from seven years ago, and like I'll remember you know, the exact class that they're in, and I'll remember this activity and this thing that they said, and they'll, you know, they'll have no recollection of it. They, they've, they've moved right, on. Exactly. They've had lots well, we, of other classes. We had classes. that experience yeah. with uh, Santa Girl where we had a bunch of uh, students who were, who were on the crew, you know, and you train them, and they learn how to do it. And we had this great time. And then the next year, they don't come back to work on the next one. And I'm like, well, why not? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm playing soccer now. Yeah. I'm like, soccer? Uh, yeah. <laughs> come on, get rid of that. Nobody needs to play. Right, Sean? Nobody needs to play soccer. Sean's a former <laughs> soccer player here at SU. <laughs> uh, I get it. It makes sense. But, you know, to me, it's always like, oh, okay. Well, I guess you should do lots of things in college. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay to do. So. Blaine, you, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you, you enjoy working with students and, and teaching students because it's, you're teaching them things that you wish you knew. What is something you wish you knew before you got started in this industry that, that is really critical that, that you make sure to pass on to students before they try to achieve their dream to do some of the things you're doing? You know, it, there's lots of technical things, lots and lots of technical things, where, whether it be how to hit your mark as an actor, you know, why that's important, what, you know, as an actor, you need to know all kinds of things. Like this is a medium shot that I'm in right now. And if you know that, then you're standing there and you have more information than most of the actors around you, because mm -hmm. most people don't know what the shot is and they don't know what the different responsibilities are. Like, obviously you're going to be a little, uh, if you're in a close up, you want to be thinking about different things than if you're in a super wide shot. Right. And that, that applies to all kinds of levels of, uh, filmmaking and people behind the camera that just the the vocabulary is all slang right mm -hmm. and it's all like a secret club and that's a very important thing that i like to tell the kids if you join a crew they have their own way of talking and doing things and they want to haze you a little bit uh -huh. it's just part of it <laughs> yeah. and you should just go with it but i i think big picture more philosophical wise is the idea that everybody's nervous hmm. everybody's nervous everybody's wanting to do a good job and the key is to try to have as much fun with it as you can, because that's to me that X factor, whether it's about creating a shot as a cinematographer or it's about being the person in front of the camera, you got to 
be bold. And uh, I think the best way to get a performance either way is for them to feel comfortable on set. And all sets aren't like that. Hmm. And it doesn't mean that they're doing something wrong. It just means personalities have a lot to do with how the business works. Okay. No, good point. Um, and before we get to our um, kind of our rundown that we do every week, I got I to gotta ask you because, you know, you've interacted with a lot of big people. Name drop for us. You mentioned Matt Damon. <laughs> Who's like the, the mm-hmm. biggest name that you've worked with, interacted with, and maybe do you have a favorite or least favorite you want to tease a little bit? Well, I, you know, one of my first movies I starred, I starred, I was in <laughs> opposite Tommy Lee Jones, who is exactly oh. like you think Tommy Lee Jones is going to be. Like, you know, so he's grumpy all the time. Uh, <laughs> but and desperately talented. Uh, in that same movie was Francis McDormand and oh, cool. Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard, uh, it was a Western, and uh, I had this uh, horse rack. Uh, it was all about, you know, horses, and I got knocked off my horse basically by this, you know, uh, a bunch of horses going nuts. And I'm, like, holding on to the bottom of a saddle trying not to get stomped. And then the, the, the darkness cleared, and I'm grabbed and picked up, and it was Sam Shepard who was the first person <laughs> to get to me before the stunt guys, which was awesome. Wow. So there's that. Uh, I did an episode of ER with George Clooney when oh, yeah. uh, ER was very big, mm-hmm. and he was very kind to me. Like it was my first on-screen kiss that I had, and he kind of talked me through. Was it with that. George Clooney? You got to kiss George Clooney. Clooney. It was wow. not. I realized a lot of our <laughs> listeners are going to be really jealous. <laughs> I'm really jealous. <laughs> I'm not sure. He just very much like I do in the class explained that everything is technical it's all about what the camera sees it's not about you know what you think you know so he kind of talked me and the a- actress that i was kissing through doing that which was a really cool memory um don Cheadle, uh yeah. amazing actor incredibly giving you know uh and mark Harmon on ncis cool. uh, another actor who's very much like the character he plays on ncis mm-hmm. uh but just like salt of the earth great guys i've had a lot of very full fortunate interactions with the uh, with giant people that could be jerks that aren't super and cool. so i'm lucky well you know also i kind of work in independent film a lot you know i've done like tv stuff and whatnot but independent film tends to appeal to people artists who uh don't aren't as shallow as some could be you know they're not doing the job for the stretch uh you know uh, whatever it's called trailer uh they're doing it because they want to do they're excited about the script or yeah you know yeah. Uh, barry boswick wanted to mm-hmm. do something with the students that was his big drive he wanted to come to shenandoah because he thought it would be a neat experience to be surrounded by college students you know i mean this is a guy who uh we were doing a night shoot and He's he asked for like uh something to sleep on to take a nap or whatever, and so we got him an inflatable mattress with a, <laughs> with wow. a, a, a sheet on it. And I saw that one of the kids came back with it. I'm like, This is what we got, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is not gonna. And he was such a sport, uh, he made fun of me about that to this day. Nice. Uh, he'll make fun of me about the yeah, it's gonna be a nice inflatable mattress. <laughs> that's, that's the star, that's the star level I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Very lucky. But yeah. like actors wanting to be in independent films, you know, like for the sake of the movie or for the sake of working with someone in particular, rather than like you know all the the residuals that they're going to get. Right. Um, it's like with with class, right? When a student takes takes a class because they just want to take it for the subject matter or for whoever the professor is or for you know a reason besides oh this is required for my major. Or this is some, you know, requirement to graduate. But, like, when they really want to be there, you can really tell a difference. 
Right. Yeah, so I, 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 I agree. I get what completely. you're saying there. I I do know I've been on enough sets to know that uh, oftentimes the actor or the DP or someone, if they don't want to be there, it, it just pulls everything down. And that you know yeah. it's just a job for some people. Some people just want to come in and make the money and get out of there. And it just is a different experience. You know, uh, it's like doing a play, right? You don't do a play for money. You do a play uh, because you, you're excited about doing it. And that's why those are such great bonding experiences. Uh, movies, TV, it's always different. And you, as an independent filmmaker, I'm constantly trying to build that team that's excited to be there. Yeah, yeah well, you as an actor get to have a reel. R E E L real <laughs> and as a director. <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> That's right. Um, I wonder what what our reels. Well, you might have one from all your broadcasting stuff. I don't. You think I'm on a broadcast? Sean has some reels. Sean, you got a reel out there? Yeah, I, cool. I just keep it real. <laughs> That's all I do. Um, so we, we do have a clip from Blaine's reel. That's right. Um, this is what we do. This is so this year, mm -hmm. um, as everybody knows, we, we're really featuring performers, uh, and so as part of each of the uh, podcasts that we do each episode. We want to include something from those performers, something from their reel, as Scott would call it. He's with the lingo. Um, from, from one of their performances. And so this one with Blaine, um, we've got uh, something from Six Month Rule. This was from 2011 with Natalie Morales. So we're going to give this a listen, and uh, then we can talk about it a little bit. Yep, and hopefully the audio will come through for the listeners when they hear this. So it's about 24 seconds. Do you still shoot? <laughs> you know Hut Hut Hamburger, the chain restaurant? The little pictures of food on the uh, menu? That was me. It's pathetic. Are you drunk? No. Yes. Slightly. Is this a regular drunken activity for you? I'm gonna be honest with you. It's happened before. All right, so Blaine with Natalie Morales. By the way, my wife loves Natalie Morales. I showed her this clip She's last great. night. And uh, and she had actually seen this movie, this six month rule. She loves rom coms. Oh, really? Yeah, um, she had seen this, and this was the most excited she's ever been for us to have a guest <laughs> on the show. <laughs> oh, that's so. Natalie is awesome, and has become a director uh, and a writer. And she's doing. She's just blowing up the Sundance world. Uh, yeah, I can't believe that was what, 11, 12 years 12 ago. Twelve years ago that that movie came out. It was a long time ago, and I'm very proud to say that uh, I. The first movie, the first feature film that she was headlined was Six Month Rule. Oh, awesome. She had been cool. on a TV show called The Middleman, which uh, was an ABC family like uh, – what was it called? It was kind of like Men in Black kind of. And she was uh, you know, basically the Will Smith Men in Black mm. character. And I played an alien on this show as a guest star. <laughs> and I had all of this crazy makeup on, like several layers of latex. And I looked like a total weirdo. And uh, But we worked together for like three days. And I just thought she was great. And like, you know, uh, she was certainly on her way up being on this show. And so we had an actor drop out at the last second from six month rule. And we were kind of trying to figure out what to do. And I'm like, this girl, let's see if she's available. She's great. She won't know who I am because I had alien makeup on <laughs> for three days. But we have worked together and we did like each other. And uh, she said her story is always that she had about 40 minutes to read a two-hour movie. So she just thumbed through and found her parts and said, you know, I think if I'm offered a movie, I should do it. And nice. so she did it. And uh, wow. we're great friends to this day. Yeah, cool. She asked you in that scene, um, 
were you drunk or had you been drinking? I'm curious, yeah. in any of your acting <laughs> roles where you're supposed to play, you know, as if you are drunk, do you ever actually drink real alcohol? You know, I don't. I, I haven't. Uh, I have. In the only time I've imbibed on set is when I was so cold that I was uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. Right? We had to shoot some stuff uh, for Santa Girl where it was really, really cold outside, and I took a couple of belts. Yeah. Uh, but, but normally not. But uh, in Six Month Rule, uh, the actor Martin Starr uh, did get schmasted. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And he asked permission. Like he did talk to me about it. And I'm like, uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> like you don't do anything weird, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I've always wondered about that. Was... Like when actors are, you know, playing drunk, like, do they actually get to that? I do level? have a story. Actually, I just remembered. Uh I did a movie called Favor where I was just acting in it and uh we had this uh dinner party scene. And uh, I only had like one line. So I was very confident in drinking the actual wine because we didn't have any fake wine. It was a very low budget movie. Uh -huh. So I drank several <laughs> glasses of the real wine. And then I didn't realize I had another scene after it. That was uh, that not a disaster. But I do still hear about that from the director. He's like, that time that you got drunk on my movie? Nice. <laughs> well, and, and if you have to do multiple takes, right, where you're taking a sip right. every that time, can add up. it can add up. That can definitely add up. Yeah. I, I actually, my, my senior year at Georgia, I took a, a drama class for non-majors, and I was in a bar scene. Oh, yeah. With a, I had to do a kissing scene, actually, with a female student. Whoa. And um, we were drinking real alcohol <laughs> there in front of the entire class. Um, we took some shots before <laughs> class started. We I'm were like, sure. all right, drinking real bourbon. Out of, I mean, it was, I think I got an A. I don't know. All right. I don't know if I remember nice. the end of class. <laughs> Put it in the work. Yeah. Joey G. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the work. Yeah. So shall we get to our segments? Yeah, let's do it. Um, first one, highs and lows, where we all talk about our best and worst events from the previous month. Um, I want to shout out Melissa here, who yeah, isn't here to talk about what, what is one of her highs, but she got her 100th win as yep. the Shenandoah women's basketball coach and was also on her birthday. Yeah, so yeah, the, really the, cool. The, oh, yeah, great. The, the team That's sang to her afterwards. They had a big, uh, big poster. It took a lot of pictures. So congrats, Melissa, on the big win. Joey, what are your your highs? Yeah, highs on the lows. So best and worst from the last month. Um, my best being, it's really superficial, but whatever. Um, University of Georgia won another national championship oh, in football. Yeah. Um, so back-to-back -back national champs, go dogs. Um, I'm a triple dog, undergrad, master, PhD, all from University of Georgia. So was on pins and needles. The Ohio State game, a little closer than I wanted, considering it came down to a last-second <laughs> field goal oh, miss yeah, that went yeah. wide left. The final was not uh, The final close. against TCU was one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. I don't care what people say that it was a blowout and really boring to watch. I was having a great time watching it. So it was it was incredible. That was definitely my high because um, Georgia's been bad for so long, or at least mediocre. Uh, so that was my high. My low is, is kind of taking something that was great, which was a Disney cruise that we went on as a family during Christmas break. Um, really cool. Really great. I love cruising. Um, but I say I, I, it was a low because I was disappointed in that Number one, I spent a lot of money because it's Disney Cruise, mm -hmm. and it really wasn't worth that extra money that I put out there. It was supposed to be this really cool, extravagant, like, setup for Christmas. We went, like, the 21st to the 23rd of December, and it was supposed to be, like, really extravagant for Christmas and a lot of cool programming. The acting was really good, but overall, it was just very lackluster oh, yeah. for what I was expecting for the price tag that it was. And kids are supposed to love those. Kids are supposed to, and, you know, my daughters are 10 and 8. The 10-year-old was kind of too – she was too young for the tween club. Yeah. But she felt like she was too old for the kid club. So she didn't. She just kind of hung out with us the whole time. Um, the eight-year-old had had a pretty good time in the kids' club, and so the rest of the kids we went with. Um, but overall, I was I was disappointed in 
the experience I had. Great experience overall, but not for the price tag and what my expectations were for a Disney cruise at that price level at Christmas. So Yeah, we some other friends of ours had told us about those, and they took their kids when they were young yeah. and said it was awesome. Yeah, big benefit there because they, they'll take the kids and keep them literally all day long. Yeah, yeah. And have that, a that, tons that's, of things going on for That's all we're looking for is some place oh, me to too. put the kids. So, yeah, we're exploring in the next cruise line now. We already got, like, ideas for the next cruise we're going to take, and it's not with Disney. Yeah. No, again, nothing against Disney cruises. just wasn't what I was expecting for that price point. Look, I'm <laughs> going to turn this whole thing around for you right now, okay? The, <laughs> the high point of the Disney cruise that you went on is that whether you know it or not, you heard my voice as Peter Pan. That oh, on the cruise. Is yeah. the selling point. I, I'm in one of the restaurants uh, where Peter Pan flies around the restaurant on the walls. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I'm in all the Disney cruise lines. You can you can find Blaine Weaver as wow. Peter Pan. Can you, can, you do so the, congratulations. can you do the Peter Pan voice for us? I, I, I don't do the Peter Pan voice. There's a good story behind it. I did the, uh, this red carpet thing for, for Return to Neverland years ago, 2002, yeah. like a long time ago. And uh, Entertainment Tonight was there, and they were like, oh, you know, interviewing me, and my buddy from high school came with me, and uh, my mom was there, but my buddy is standing off the red carpet, and like Mary Hart or whatever her name was, she's like, hey, can you do the voice for us a little bit? And I'm like, sure. I do a little voice, and then I look over at my buddy, and he's just like, no, no, never do that again. That's, That's not a good look. That's not a good look for you, man. (laughs) <laughs> I've taken that advice. I try to stay there you go. unless it's a kid. If a little kid wants sure. it, fine. But they usually don't get it. It doesn't make sense to them. So it's just my friends who want me to do it. So no way, man. Buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will honor that buddy's advice and not not ask you to reproduce the voice. <laughs> I love it, Scott. See, how about um, your highs and lows? Yeah, my high. I had I had a nice nice past six weeks or so. Got to go to Vegas. Got to go to Seattle. Um, but the the highest of highs was that my was my parents had their fiftieth wedding anniversary wow. in Indianapolis, and my sister and I planned a big like almost like a, a wedding reception for them. So we, we, and it was a surprise. So we got to get 50 people together in this restaurant and my parents thought they were just going out to dinner with us and our family, but we got cousins in from out of town. We got people who were at my parents' original wedding 50 years hmm. ago to come in and join us at the reception. And it was, uh, it was a blast. So that was the high. Um, the low, I had to think a while, but it was have to be that some of my out-of-town cousins couldn't make it last minute to the party because of the Southwest Airlines issues. And so oh, they were right. like stuck in Denver, stuck in Phoenix. So we didn't get everybody there uh, that we wanted to. But I mean, you know, all in all, it was, a, it was a pretty great last month for me. Blaine, how about you? All right. So the high uh, is a pretty good one, right? So uh, I am currently in Atlanta because I'm on the set of uh, a movie that uh, I wrote. Can you tell us uh, so the name called, of the movie? It's, a, it's, it's called Pretty Stoned. It's a stoner comedy along right. the lines of Pineapple Express or something like that. Yep. Uh, and it's for Paramount and uh, probably MTV, I think. They're not really sure. But uh, I re- wrote this thing, and I was excited. I knew it was going to go and everything. But then out of nowhere, like last week, uh, the producer called me and said, hey, we want you to come out to do some onset rewrites, and also we want you to play this part in the thing. And I'm like, oh, great. So I out of nowhere got to come out here, and I showed up, and I'm like, 
I got an office and a parking space, but you don't, <laughs> they don't give you parking spaces on the lot. Do you know what I'm saying? This is not something that I'm used to. As an actor, they just say, park over here and we'll send something, somebody for you when we're ready for you. But like that, that's been a real high point. It's been fun getting to know everybody. Again, usually when you write a movie, they take it and they go away right. and you're never heard from again, you know? <laughs> so it's been really nice getting to know everybody. Uh, the, the only uh, downside, low, that I could think of was uh, I played uh, this part and I decided to to go with a, a very creepy looking mustache. <laughs> and it was way creepier than I anticipated. <laughs> and I had to rock it for like a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, that was really the low point with like having to explain people, this is not my normal face. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't too low. It was a pretty good last couple of weeks. Nice. Nice. Um, no, that that's great. That's that's really cool. You get a parking spot. Good for you. I don't. We don't have that here on campus. I got a parking spot. Not unless you're a dean. Deans, yeah. Dean and Tracy. De- deans and, get parking uh, spots. Admissions get spots. Not lowly faculty. Nope. No. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Blaine. Moving on to the next one. This is these. The rest will be just for you um, to kind of give us your your take on oh, these. Okay. Uh, the first one's gonna be Hornet Hot Take. Um, so this is your chance to rant about something. I've got so many things, guys. I've got so <laughs> many things to rant about. Uh, I have. Uh, issues that I'm not going to go on my hot take about that include the state of Florida, mm. that include debt ceilings. I've got lots <laughs> of things to say about that, but I'm going to focus today on um, spending all this time in Atlanta. And uh, it kind of re- one aspect reminds me of Winchester, and I'm going to go yeah. out this thing. First of all, Atlanta has the worst potholes of any place I've ever seen, and I'm constantly getting my filling shaken by you know hitting <laughs> a pothole. But they also have this thing, and this is the Winchester thing. They've got these lights that are that go on for incredibly yes. too long. It's like you're sitting for three and a half, four minutes at a red light, and you don't even realize that it's been a long time until you have that little breakdown where it's just like you're sitting and mind your business, yeah. and then you're like, come on. <laughs> and that is – it just reminds me of Winchester. It's my biggest complaint is that the lights make no sense, yep. and it, it I, I see people like trying to run the red lights all the time, because and I'm like – that's a bad idea, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I totally understand. Don't do it, but I understand. Yeah, you're sitting there and like you, you've read all of your text messages. You've done everything you're not supposed to do in a car, but you feel like you're right. safe because you're at a red light. And then you look up, oh, things. not change it. And then it's at, at 3 a.m. in the morning after we would wrap a movie, it's the same exact length yep. that it oh, is at 5 uh, o'clock. You know? And I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> So that, that's I, I feel strongly about. Yeah, well, and Atlanta's <laughs> notorious for its bad traffic and like bad sort of urban planning. Yeah. So I if mean, you're, I live in LA. I've lived in LA yeah, for that's years. That's another notorious it's place. So much worse than LA. Really? So wow. It, but Atlanta's streets are all they are. skinny, and yeah. you know they're not built for the amount of human beings, and so we just sit. Or it's like Speed Racer, and everybody's trying, trying to kill that's each other. That's seventy-five, eighty-five. Way too many freeways. Yeah. It's I awful. don't know what's going on. Everything's Peachtree Street too. Oh, Everything's right. Peachtree. <laughs> Peachtree Boulevard, yeah. Peachtree Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about your buzzword, Blaine? What's a, a buzzword you try to embody in your work at Shenandoah and break it down for us? Uh so my buzzword I got is accessibility, right? And uh mm-hmm. that's I it's kind of a weird one, but I, I feel like it applies to me. I'm uh an industry professional. I've done all kinds of stuff, right? And I don't always know what the kids don't know or what mm. they're interested in, you know? So I'm always encouraging them to like, you know, like we, uh, we had a, my first directing class about halfway through one of the students was like, you know, 
I don't really know these directors that you're mentioning. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then we did this whole, you know, section of trying to do like, who are people that you might be referenced, you know, uh, in, in the work. And I would never have known that if he hadn't uh, right. spoken mm -hmm. up. I had a student who was very interested in voiceover, which I've obviously done a lot of that, but it's not something that I think of to integrate into the educational things. But I think when very much like being a director, when the talent or the students feel confident with asking you questions or pursuing lines of dialogue, I think they can really walk out um, knowing a lot more. Yeah, so accessible in the sense of making it understandable to everybody, making it work for everyone. No, I think what I was thinking more in that my accessibility to them. Oh, like, yeah. like they can ask me anything they want. Yeah, 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 yeah. An yeah. open book. Make yourself yeah. accessible. Yeah. yeah. And it's like there's so much stuff, right? Like right. things you never think about, like uh, choreographing a fight scene is very similar to a love scene or, you know, uh, what when you hit your mark. How do you hit it without looking down at the uh -huh. thing? And why do you hit your mark? All these things that you don't think because I've been doing it for so long. Right. But there are all these different, you know, what's the difference between writing a TV show and writing a movie? You know, things that maybe I'm not dropping into, but that would lead to a great and educational conversation. Because once they learn it, they know it. You yeah. know, it's not like math where you have to keep, you know, hitting your head against it. Uh, <laughs> at least for me, I'm terrible. At yeah. <laughs> I just show my true colors there. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Accessibility. Yeah. Like it. Love that. All right. Next one is going to be superlatives. This is where you can talk about your most blank performance. Now you get to feel that you can be your best performance, your worst performance, your most memorable. So get, tell us about your most blank performance and what is that blank going to be for us? Okay. This is my, this is my most embarrassing. Love uh, it. That nice. I have on file right now. Okay. <laughs> I tend to like have to erase some of them, but on file <laughs> uh, is a, is a, play that I was doing. I've done theater since I was a little kid when everybody else was doing baseball or soccer, I was uh, doing theater. And uh, I had gotten pretty cocky about it in my teens. And I was uh, maybe 12. Because also, when you look back, it's like, this sounds a little juvenile for a 12 year old, but whatever. <laughs> so I'm in this play. And uh, I'm playing some kind of animal. Uh, and uh, I think I was a beaver. I was a beaver in this play. And I was, uh, but I really enjoyed the social aspect of theater, right? So I was in the green room with a bunch of other kids my age, and I think we were playing cards. And, you know, they had this little monitor just, uh, uh, up, uh, up on the wall that you can hear what's happening on the stage. And I heard my cue. And uh, I was not in costume. And the dressing room was downstairs. Uh, so I had somehow completely lost track of time. I ran downstairs. I put on my beaver costume. Uh, <laughs> I ran back upstage. I run, run onto the stage as the actor has been there for like a minute and a half. And oh, I don't man. know if you guys have any experience. That's a long stage, time. You know, yeah, ten seconds is a long time for <laughs> somebody not to be there, right? And so I tumble on the stage. I have this little headpiece thing that I've just pulled on, and I start saying my silly lines. And the actress looks at me like this, and then I hear the audience start kind of laughing. And I looked out <laughs> towards the audience, and I had this like animal head right with velcro on it and the pantyhose that you put on your head <laughs> is hanging from the velcro and so then i did this whole thing trying to get the pantyhose off the velcro and that became a whole thing and i basically ruined the show and it haunts me yeah and, uh, that's that's my most embarrassing I like again it. that's on file I there's some that. grown-up ones that I <laughs> right quite 
quite deal with yet. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I think just that feeling of being unprepared and then having to scramble and then doing it wrong, like that can resonate with a lot of people listening to this podcast. <laughs> I feel truly it's the reason I am perpetually early for everything. Like I worry all the time mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm the guy that's 20 minutes early in sitting in the parking lot being like, well, at least I don't have a pantyhose <laughs> beaver headpiece. All right. Which so, is really weird out of context. That'd be a good, it's a not good, a good catch. Yeah. A good, a good drop. Um, okay. We have a question for you, Blaine, from our previous oh, guest. Great. The previous guest was Maurice Fraga from dance. And his question is, what would you be doing now if you weren't doing what you actually are doing now? Like, what I other career pathway question. might you have chosen? Um, what's funny was when I was coming up and wanted to be an actor, I'm like, well, if I'm not doing this, then I'm going to be a screenwriter. And then, hmm. like, if I wasn't screenwriting, I'd be directing. So I'm, I'm getting to do a lot of things that I really enjoy doing. But I think that right now I would be um, I would probably be running for office. Oh, I used I to feel like I would be like the guys in the West Wing, which I think is one of the best TV shows ever. I love Aaron Sorkin, the writer. And uh, I wanted to be the guy behind the guy, you know, yeah. who's like always running around. Uh, but now I feel like I would absolutely have run for something in the past five years if I wasn't enjoying my j job so much. Because I don't think I'd enjoy that job, but I feel like I would be good at it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, there's still there's still a chance. Got a lot of yeah, still yeah. time. You a lot know, of years uh, left in you to run for something. Let, let, we need some help too. I hope yeah. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right. All right. So now it's your chance to tell us a question to ask our next guest. And that next guest will be Golder O'Neill from Sound Recording and Technology at Shenandoah. So what do you want to ask? I love Golder. Golder. I also like the fact that both of these individuals that we've talked to have pitched in and helped with the Shenandoah movies. Uh, oh, yeah. For Christmas, Golders helped us with uh, all all the sound requirements that we've had over the last three movies. Um, so I love that. Uh, my question is basically, I was mentioning to you about how uh, I got into directing, which w came from a bad experience. And I was wondering if there was anything that had happened to him in his uh, experiences that was bad mm -hmm. at the time, but led him down the path that has brought him where he is. Yeah, good question. I think with faculty, kind of muddled. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I could rewrite that for you. Uh, like, like for faculty, like you know, we've taken, of course, a lot of classes as college students, and there's, you know, we remember all the the great ones, but there's always like one where you're like, you know what, I could maybe do this better than this person that yeah. I'm looking at now, and it pushes us a pushes us in that direction. And I always feel like there's inspiration that comes in so many different ways. Like you see the person doing it the way that you'd like to be doing it, yep. or you see the person who's doing it a terrible way. Either way, it pushes you mm -hmm. towards, you know, your, uh, your style. All yeah. right. So that'd be a good question for Golder. Yeah, it's really good for Golder. Um, okay. Uh, Blaine, we're going to start wrapping up here, but before we do, is there anything that you want to let people know about any, anything you want to plug that's upcoming anytime soon? Well, that's a good question. Uh, there, I, I do a little guest guest spot on a TV show called Wolfpack that is dropping on uh, Paramount Plus tomorrow, today, one of those things. Um, and uh, this movie probably won't come out until next year, but uh, I'm hoping that we'll be back at Shenandoah to make a feature either uh, this spring or in the fall. So oh, cool. um, nice. I'm very excited about that. I love getting to uh, do what I do only there surrounded by students who are interested in, you know, uh, making fun, good movies, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Wolfpack on Paramount plus 
this movie in Atlanta that's called I forget what was it called. Kit Stone. It's called Pretty Pretty Stone. Pretty Stone. Stone. <laughs> All right. It's uh, two girls who are makeup artists who are go on a little adventure about love nice. it marijuana seeking. And then potential <laughs> upcoming productions at Shenandoah. Yeah, spring or fall. Looking yeah. looking out for that one. That's that's really cool. Yeah, hit us up when you get here, and we'll uh, we'll try to avoid the stoplights together. <laughs> Oh, I absolutely yeah. <laughs> will. That sounds great. Um, yeah, Blaine, thank you so much for for being here. Really appreciate the time and and the conversation. Really, really entertaining and really insightful and a lot of information. So, so thank you so much for being here with with me and Scott. Um, uh, and and certainly looking forward to catching up down the road at some point. Thank um, you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, uh, and as always, we do have a sponsor for the day. Our sponsor for today is weather cancellations because today, currently at the time of recording, we are experiencing. "Quote unquote snow." Yeah, uh, yeah. Winter weather in quotes. Winter weather in quotes. So our sponsor of the day is pre cancellations. Whenever you need uh, a day <laughs> at work while your kids have a day off, keep yeah. an eye out for the the threat of snow. Yeah. Thank thank you to Shenandoah for staying open. I appreciate that call from Phil Evans and Cameron McCoy. Uh, WPS Winchester Public Schools. Not so much. Do better. <laughs> um, as always, our email address, buzzwords at su.edu. Give us, give us an email. Let us know what's going on. Um, check out uh, subuzzwords.podbean.com to see all of our episodes, past and these new ones coming out. Our next guest, as we alluded to earlier with our question from Blaine, will be Golder O'Neill from Sound Recording and Technology. So looking forward to having Golder on here next mm-hmm. month. Definitely tune in for that one. But as always, until we get there... Keep on buzzing. buzzing.